Hey everybody, welcome David McGrain to the show. David is a brand strategist, a creative director, and he is a professor at Academy at Art University in San Francisco. Today we get to hear David's journey and how he lived in multiple different cities such as Sydney, London, New York, San Francisco, and even Moscow. He's going to walk us through how he started and furthered his mindfulness journey and now uses it in leadership and teaching roles. So without further ado, let's get right into the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We have David here today. I'm so excited to get into this episode about mindfulness and for anybody who hasn't been in one of his classes is listening to the show. Every single time we get into class, we do a two minutes of mindfulness. And that's something I wanted to do with starting out the podcast today. So thank you, David, for being here. And when you're ready, we can go ahead and get into the mindfulness. Yeah, you're welcome, Alicia. Thanks for having me. And yeah, if everybody who is listening could sit comfortably, find a comfortable position, just close your eyes if you're comfortable doing that. If not, just uh, soften your gaze. And then um, we'll start. It's it's not that complicated. You just focus on your breathing to begin with. So we're going to take three deep breaths and just breathe in deeply through your nose. Pause at the top and then out through your mouth. Again, in through your nose. Pause out through your mouth. One more in through your nose. Pause out through your mouth. Now just keep breathing normally, but bring your attention to your breathing. Notice how the air comes in through your nose and it fills your lungs. Feel your lungs fill. Feel them push against your ribs. Feel your belly fill. And then notice as it goes out again over your lips, what sounds do you hear? What feelings do you have as the air passes out and the belly goes smaller and the lungs go smaller? And then in again and out again, just as normal. We don't normally bring attention to our breathing it just happens. But when we do, it allows our mind to focus on one thing, that one thing, that one moment when you're breathing. So just try that for a few seconds here. Won't be too long. What are you noticing? What are you feeling as you breathe in and out? What are you thinking about? If you get distracted, just come back to your breath. Okay. Now let's do three more deep breaths and we'll be done. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. In. Out. Last one. In. Now slowly, gently open your eyes, wiggle your fingers and toes, come back into this moment, and there you go. 
that was just two minutes. That's that's nothing. <laughs> wow. That's um, that's just a short little taste. Uh, eight minutes is is often um, a, a good minimum to aim for if you're if you're going to try this at home. And uh, twenty minutes is a good middle area, but you'll get to where you can do it for longer than that. And you're just you're just sitting. How often do we get to do that, right? How often in in our lives today do we get to just sit and just be? And it's it's very calming. There's there's plenty of empirical and scientific evidence to back it up as well. But you'll notice it yourself. You'll you'll feel calmer. I feel a lot calmer already too. <laughs> you remember in class if if I ever forgot if I if I ever moved forward with the class without doing the、uh, the mindfulness what what happened? Yeah, everybody's like, wait, aren't we gonna do the <laughs> mindfulness? You forgot to do the mindfulness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was、uh, that was great to hear.、Um, I'm glad people were enjoying it and and wanting to continue it. And、um, yeah, in in a class situation. You're typically coming from another class, and you might still be thinking about that. And then you've got homework and things to do after class, and you might be thinking about that. So you're never fully in the moment. We spend our entire lives in the past and the future, and we never just sit in the in the present moment. So we're missing a lot when we do that. And、uh, plus, our brain is therefore always working overtime, forward and back. Past and future, and it it never quietens down. It never settles down. It would like a chance to do that. You'll you'll notice your brain will thank you. Your brain will be like, "Yeah, that was kind of cool. I you know, I didn't mind just focusing on one thing for once." Yeah, I agree. I like the uh the feeling of being able to detach, and then something that always helps too is once your mind starts to think of other thoughts. Focusing back on the breath, <laughs> back to the breathing. I, I think、yeah. that's that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, and and you can actually say a, repeat a phrase inside your head、uh, that will help with that. It, it's sometimes called a mantra. But if you just say、um, awareness of breathing in, awareness of breathing out. As you're breathing in, you just say awareness of breathing in. Just breathe out. Awareness of breathing out. Um, there's variations on that. Some people talk about how I see myself breathing in, I see myself breathing out. For me, though, that becomes a focus on I. I see myself, and、mm -hmm. um, one of the benefits of mindfulness is that you can kind of step outside that ego, that that I and that me and that my. You just become. I know how it sounds, but you, you kind of become at one with with everything. You you,、mm -hmm. you kind of realize how connected we are to everybody else and everything else. The air we breathe is being breathed by other people.、Um, the feelings we have are being felt by other people, and so yeah, I, I prefer the、uh, awareness of rather than using anything that isolates me as a separate entity. There's a there's、yeah. an interesting.、Um, Analogy that that's drawn. If if you think of the ocean, and you think of all the waves on the ocean, and if one of those little waves was to like jump up and say, "Hi, I'm me. Look at me. I'm different. I'm special."、Mm -hmm. Well, yes, it's a very beautiful wave. It's very you know special and 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 so on. But it's more a part of the ocean than it is a separate wave. And so yeah, if we think about our place in the universe in terms of 
I'm, I'm more a part of everything than I am a, a separate from everything. Again, mm-hmm. it can be very calming. It can be, you know, um, very beneficial to your mental well-being. Yeah, and I like how you mentioned seeing the bigger picture and putting yourself into it rather than feeling that you have control over everything in your big picture, which is yeah. like, wait, um, everybody, you know, like you said, has those same feelings and those same emotions and those, you know, even same thoughts and breathing the same air. Like we have so many similarities, which is very comforting, especially I'm thankful that you brought it on the podcast because, you know, one of the things that we do as mental health advocates is help people understand that they're not alone, especially with what they're going through. So something as simple as breathing, like we can all relate on those things and just progress from there. So I love that. Yeah, me too. So I want to hear more about your mindfulness journey. And then I kind of related this. So here we share mental health journeys, and I know it can relate to uh, physical health journeys. Um, but I, I assume your mental, your mindfulness journey was pretty similar as far as you know having a starting point and then progressing and then learning more about it. So can you start off and tell us a little bit about yourself and and then go into maybe the first time you heard about mindfulness? Sure. Um, so born and raised in Sydney, Australia. Lived and worked there for a while, but then wanted to see the world. So moved to London and lived and worked in London uh, for six years and joined an advertising agency there that was actually based in the US. So managed to arrange a transfer with them from London to New York, uh, which was fascinating, the difference between two very big, vibrant cities, but very different characters and... and, uh, very different feels. And, and it's interesting when, when you're the, the constant, so I'm still me, but I'm in a different situation. How, what, what different um, feedback or input do I get um, based on what's happening around me or who I'm talking to or how they've been raised or what they think and feel. Mm -hmm. So it's fascinating. I then transferred to San Francisco was here for uh, just a couple of years before an opportunity came up to um, live and work in Moscow, mm-hmm. in Russia. And uh, this was in the 90s. And the wall, Berlin Wall, had only just come down a year or two before that. So wow. it was kind of the Wild West in Eastern Europe. And so I thought I could spend the rest of my life wondering what that would have been like, or, or I could just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't married. I didn't have a partner. I didn't have a mortgage. I, I, I could go. So I decided to go. And it was fascinating. Again, if you, if you talk about, you know, you're a constant, you're, you're still you, but you're getting different reactions and, and different impressions of yourself from a different group of people. I mean, Russia had spent 70 years of self-imposed isolation. You know, everybody there had been fed information uh, that was different to what we were being told. They, they all thought, thought and, and acted a, a little differently. They were all still people, um, but people with, with different attitudes and, and to, to, to various things. It was, it was fascinating, definitely. But after a year and a half of that, that was a difficult place to live. 
my friends in London said, come back to London, you know, you want to, but I kind of didn't, it's kind of gray <laughs> and, and, and miserable in London. So I moved back to San Francisco and uh, started a, a small advertising and design brand strategy agency here, ran that for a number of years. Um, also started teaching uh, on the side as well. So started teaching initially copywriting and then marketing and branding and, and moving through. I, I worked in various other jobs, but um, I definitely found teaching to be very rewarding and, and something I wanted to keep doing. Somewhere along the way, you know, at San Francisco, so I started doing a bit of yoga mm -hmm. and um, the, the meditative aspect of yoga was what really appealed to me. And, and I wanted to figure out how I could bring it to my classes and to my work. Mm -hmm. And somebody said, well, you should go to Spirit Rock. Spirit Rock is a, um, it's a sanctuary. It's out near Fairfax, uh, out in Western Marin. And, um, it's just, it's a super interesting place. It's, it's a, a mindfulness center and, and one of the key figures in mindfulness in the West, Jack Cornfield helped establish spirit rock and you can go out there and you can participate in workshops and, um, meditation sessions and, and, uh, you know, they, they took me along with them on a, for a Monday night sit and I was hooked. I was hooked. Oh, this, wow. I, I, I felt a, a very, um, profound effect, physical effect on my body to sit among. So, um, you talk about not wanting to be alone when it's a room full of people, like in the classroom, there's, there's 20 of us. There was like 300 people in this room, all just sitting. And, and you can feel it. It's, it's, uh, mm. you know, you know, we generate energy, right? There's energy being generated by our bodies all the time. And that energy shifts as, you know, if you sit next to somebody who's nervous, you can feel it, right? Or mm -hmm. if they're angry or yeah. upset, you can feel that. Imagine if you're sitting next to hundreds of people that are all feeling calm and relaxed yeah. and mindful. And, um, so it was, it was, a. you asked about, I, the first time it was it was quite an epiphany and oh, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I I, 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 I'm taking my mindfulness instructor certificate I'm, I'm not quite qualified you have to do hundreds of hours of, of practice and and teaching mm -hmm. and and uh, so on and I'm, I'm working my way through it as I still work full-time on brand strategy and teach uh, three classes a, a semester as well. Oh, okay. So that that's a busy schedule. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Well, first I want to go back and ask, um, I think your journey of where you've traveled and where you live to is really inspiring. And uh, even myself and my family can relate to that also. When I got out of the military, I moved to London for like, it was only two months, but... Um, yeah, I could see the differences of compared to Nebraska. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then my sister also is lived in New York, and she's moving back to New York. And my question for you is, well, first, what was your favorite and why? And then <laughs> next, I th I think it's interesting how you found 
the mindfulness after that because if you were in those cities, you were still actually using, based off what you said, self-awareness. But it'd be interesting. I guess it's just a comment, not a question, but of like how mindfulness would help you, I guess, uh, identify the di differences between living in different environments. So, yeah, Let back to the first question of... Which was your favorite? <laughs> well, let me start with your comment. So, okay. yeah, I kind of was being mindful, even though I didn't know that's what it was called. So mm -hmm. that's one of the cool things about mindfulness. It's not foreign to us. It's not, you know, um, completely unusual at all. We, we kind of do it anytime we bring awareness or a focus of our attention on, on fewer things. We're starting to be mindful and, you know, um, in Taoism, there's a, a phrase about chop wood, carry water. You know, if you if you just focus on chopping the wood or carrying the water, the things you have to do anyway, if you have to do them anyway, can you take some joy out of them? Can you can you feel good about the way that you're chopping the wood or you're carrying the water? I don't know if you've ever washed the dishes and felt like you did a good job of it. You know, so that there's and you know a mindful way to wash dishes where you feel the water on your hands, you notice the warmth of the water, you, you um, see the bubbles pop and you think, wow, that, that was a bubble and now it's popped. And, and, and you're, you're totally in that moment, which again, we almost never are. So even as you have to wash the dishes anyway, if there's a way that that can be mindful, then your whole life becomes more manageable. I guess you're able to manage it better because your brain is given a chance to slow down and not think about the 10 things you have to do after you wash the dishes, not think about the argument you had earlier in the day. You know, our brain is always thinking and if, if we can give it a break, it, it will really help us. So yeah, I guess I kind of was because I was noticing, you know, how people were reacting to me and and I would sit and think. I, I didn't know that many people in London when I first got there. I journaled. Journaling can help a lot. Um, so I was I was kind of doing it. And so it's not it's not a, a completely made up thing. We just forget to do it. We just forget to be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And and we can do it. We can all do it. We can focus on our breathing. We we will we will all get distracted. And if we if we notice that we get distracted, even that can be a source of, well, you know thank you distraction, whatever it was, for giving me an opportunity to practice coming back to the moment, you know? Mm -hmm. So th thank you for distracting me temporarily. I'm going to go back to my breathing now. And th there are all sorts of analogies that they make about imagine that those thoughts are like leaves that are falling down from a tree that you're sitting under and, and they land in a stream and, and then they go away. So yes, you're distracted by it, but then it lands on the stream and it goes away or clouds going across the sky. You can imagine any thought or distraction becomes a cloud and it just goes away with the wind. So that's there. Um, if we, uh, if we come back to my favorite. So in, in Russia, I had a lot of long, cold, dark winter nights to think about where I wanted to go next. I guess I wasn't fully in the moment. I was thinking about where I would be next, but um, there were plenty of opportunities to be in the moment there too. Um, I, I thought about London. It's, it's very exciting. And um, I, I remember the, the day I decided to, to move to London. I, I was working in Sydney. I had a, a pretty good job there, but there was an older lady who worked there 
what she, she was just older than me. She was, I, I was <laughs> in my early twenties. She was late twenties mm -hmm. and she'd just come back from being in London. And I was like, well, how, how did you do that? She said, well, I just went, oh, did you know anybody there? No, but I met people. Did you have a job? No, but I got one. It's like, wow, you can just, yeah, I guess you can just do that. Right. And she's like, yeah, yeah. you can just <laughs> do that. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I planned and I saved and, um, I made some contacts and, and I just, I went, I took two suitcases and, uh, that was probably one too many. <laughs> and, and I, and I went to London and, uh, it was a fantastic experience, but as I said, it's kind of gray and miserable. It, it wasn't too bad for the six years I was there because, you know, Europe is, is a two hour flight. You know, mm -hmm. I, I could be in the South of France or Spain, you know, somewhere warm, um, on, for the weekend if I wanted to. And, and I would, you know, just to, to get, to get some sunshine and, and to get away from the, the rain, but it, you know, it wears on you. Um, also I love the British. They're, they're very funny, but they're kind of mean. They kind of like, <laughs> they kind of start out mean to test you out. Um, you know, New Yorkers can be a bit like that too, but New Yorkers, it feels just like they're not thinking about it. They just, that's just a knee jerk reaction to them. For the mm. British, it seems calculated and I get it. And some of my best friends uh, are still like that. I like that are British, but it wears on you. I'm not, I'm just not, I, you know, when I came to the West coast and everyone's nice to you first and then they'll figure out if they like you or not. Um, <laughs> that, that, that just feels better. I mean, Nebraska, isn't it the same? Aren't people nice to begin with? And then they'll decide. Um, yeah. I mean, people are just generally nice too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always, everybody's like, what's good about Nebraska? I'm like, there's nice people that's what you got. <laughs> to help a neighbor well, out. Well, so then my favorite is it became, and I realized was San Francisco. New York was fascinating and exciting and, uh, but your brain never stops there. There's always stuff that you could be doing and you feel like you should be doing. You wake up in the middle of the night, you don't go out and do them, but you know, you could, if you wanted mm -hmm. to. And it's, it's just, I remember, um, moving to North beach and walking past all the coffee shops on my way to downtown to go to work and thinking there was, there was like something missing. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I realized it was that constant buzz of things I should be doing or could be doing mm. that I felt in New York. I, I literally noticed the absence of it before I figured out what it was. And I realized that for me, you know, it, it just felt better to not have that constant buzz in mm. my head. So San Francisco, it's beautiful. It's um, not as warm as Sydney, um, but it's not as hot as Sydney either. Sydney gets really hot at times. Mm -hmm. um, it's got no bugs. I mean, yeah. compared to Sydney or New York, you know, even London, there's no bugs. There's no mosquitoes. There's no flies. Uh, there's no ants. You couldn't leave food out in Sydney. The ants would pick it up and carry it away, you know? And uh, so, yeah, San Francisco is beautiful. It reminds me of Sydney a bit, but it's smaller and, and more manageable. Uh, the access to the outdoors and the emphasis on getting outdoors is the same. The beaches are much more beautiful in Sydney, much more. It's, it's, there's no comparison. Uh, I took, I took my daughter when she was four back to Australia 
and we went to a beach and she had three questions for me. She came running up with her arms like full of shells. And she said, mm. why, why didn't anybody tell me there's so many shells here? There were just shells all over the beach and she just picked them all up. It's, it's mm. not like that at Stinson. Mm. Um, and then we walked out into the water and, you know, she was up to like her shoulders and she looked down and she said, how come I can see your toes? You know, because oh, the water was so clear yeah. uh, and it's not like that here. And she was just like, wow, I, it's, it's so crystal clear. And then the third question you can probably guess, um, why don't we live here? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but she's not a big fan of bugs. So I don't know if even if she'll, um, if she'll spend any time there when she's older and she's 14 now, but um, yeah, that could be a problem. Um, yeah, so San Francisco uh, be became my favorite. It has, it, you know, it, you sometimes have to choose between lesser evils. That was choosing between greater goods. It was, you know, lots, lots of great. I've been lucky to live in all those places, but San Francisco is a favorite. Hey, everybody. I want to come out here and tell you about an app that I love to use called Headspace. Headspace is a guided meditation app that walks you through a three, five, ten, or fifteen minute meditation. I love this tool because it helps you build mindfulness and it allows you to be more in the present moment. Headspace allows you to acknowledge your thought instead of completely stopping your thoughts. So if you've never tried any form of mindfulness or meditation, this is a great tool. They have a free trial and if you want to go ahead and try it, the link is in the bio. And with that, let's get back into the show. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm not a fan of bugs either. And yeah, <laughs> I really like that there's no bugs here. Well, you mentioned earlier about the buzzing of, I guess, like people call people commonly call it a fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Wait, what did you do to get rid of that buzzing? Was that through mindfulness? Well, or it, it was initially. Yeah, initially I moved to San Francisco. So there was mm -hmm. less of, of that. Mm -hmm. And once I'd noticed how much I enjoyed that feeling, I just looked to cultivate it more. I, I, I'm not pretending I was entirely successful. I, I kind of like to do stuff. I like to, to get out and experience and enjoy. So I am often thinking about what else could I be doing. But uh, part of it is, part of mindfulness is, is being aware. It doesn't doesn't mean you necessarily have to change anything. If there's something you'd like to change, then you can work on it, you know, but um, mindfulness needs to be start from a place of non-judgment. All right. Uh, so if, as you're sitting, you notice you're being distracted a lot, everybody gets distracted. Don't judge yourself. You're not, you're not doing bad because you're being distracted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do you fidget a lot? Do you like, okay that's that's fine no judgment notice it if you'd like to change that then you can work on it but initially just be aware that yeah i fidget a lot okay so be accepting of that uh without judgment and it's really hard that you know i said i said mindfulness is easy it, it kind of is just sitting but it's really hard to not judge yourself it's really hard to not not compete you know is is somebody being more calm than i am is, is somebody being more mindful that's mm -hmm. crazy that, uh, you know, or am I doing this right? There's, there's this striving, you know, I, I want to be a great mindfulness person. Well, then you can't, if, if your goal, if your intent is to be great at it, it won't happen. 
you'll be you'll be you'll be feeling driven you won't be feeling mindful you'll be like am i doing this right am i doing this better am i getting better at this there's no there's no better it's just there's just what is there's just this moment there's those feelings there's there's what's happening you may remember from the class there are various practices or techniques for mindfulness sometimes you can do what's called a, a body scan you can go inside and notice what's happening in your, your skull what do you notice are they tingling where the where the hair stick follicles come in is that you know or you can then bring you know make it your focus your attention have it travel to your knee is your knee sore or your, your toes what do you notice are they cold are they warm you can feel your heart you know, if, if we all just sit for, for one minute here and try and feel our heart. Feel it beating, right? Is it warm? Is it cold? Is it strong? Is it weak? How's the heartbeat? Is it, is it slowing down? As we focus on it, can we slow it down? And that's just something we never do. That's, you know, that, that's something we, we don't do. If we get to do, we can do, any of us can do it. And the better you get at it, it's amazing. You can slow it down, you can speed it up. The people that are good at it, good. Hmm. See, I'm, it, it's hard to, to speak like a human <laughs> and not say, well, they're good at it. You know, they would say, um, you know, no, it's, it's not about being bad or good. I guess I have some skills that I've developed through constant practice mm. um there's a there's a haiku from a, a a zen master in japan um a monk and uh it, it, it stuck in my head when i heard it um last year a foolish monk this year no change mm. <laughs> so you know it's self-deprecating but uh, he's having fun with it. Mindfulness doesn't have to be super serious all the time. Um, but yeah, he's just like, I, I'm just a foolish monk. I, I, I'm, I'm getting more accomplished at this or that, but, but that's not better or worse. That just is, mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah, I, I think in terms of applying it to your life so that you, you feel less stress, more mentally healthy, more mentally well. One of the, one of the wonderful practices that I talked about is um, loving kindness or there's a compassion type um, exercise where you you think of somebody it could be the bus driver or someone at the at the supermarket just anybody mm -hmm. that you don't normally think about and you just wish them well in your mind you just wish them compassion you just think they're like me they they want to be healthy they want to be happy they want to be well I wish you happiness I wish you health I wish you wellness and just keep that going, you know, then pick somebody else or several mm -hmm. somebodies. And, and after you do that for 20 minutes, you feel compassion. You, you can, you're benefiting yourself. You, you, you get something out of it too, even though that can't be the intent, obviously you have to genuinely wish those people well. But as you're doing that, it's a lot of research again on, if you give something, even if it's compassion, if you, if you give something, you, you feel better about yourself. You feel mm -hmm. good. 
to give. So if you can give compassion while sitting and, and benefiting as well, as long as your benefiting isn't why you did it, you know, you get the idea, but it, it can be, it can be very, anytime you're kind of mad at somebody, try sitting and thinking about them. Try, try wishing them well, wishing them happiness and health. It can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. But if you do that, oh, when you come out of that meditation, you will feel so much better than when you were angry and bitter at them. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, I really like that practice of wishing someone well, because I know we've done that in class before. Mm -hmm. And well, first off, it's helpful because a lot of people, including myself, walk to class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we do have so many interactions with people around us. Yeah, being able to like step outside yourself and, and think of someone else, that's something I can also relate to when I discovered, I guess, more abruptly on deployment where uh, I just, you were, a lot of people feel down because you're so isolated. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling down one day and, and then I was like, oh, wait, if I feel down, somebody else probably feels down too. So why don't I just go talk to anybody? Like there's 5,000 people on this ship. So yeah, I would just walk around and, and just ask people how their day was. And like, they were just so happy to have somebody take the time to stop and ask them how they're doing. So uh, that's one of the fastest ways I feel uh, can pick me up. <laughs> And nice. so, yeah, kind of similar to that. And yeah, because you were talking about, I guess, gaining more experience through your mindfulness journey. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah, going back to initially, I kind of found mindfulness and meditation the same way through yoga. Um, I remember I was doing uh, physical exercise because I had to with the Navy and one of the trainer's wives came in and she taught yoga. And we talked about this in the last episode too. She mentioned, okay, now look up at the sky and just breathe and thank yourself. And I was like, what? I've never done that in my life. <laughs> and I was like, I felt weird at the time, but I was like, oh, that was kind of nice. And then I guess it didn't really click to me that they could go further into that. So yeah, so that's really cool how you kind of had that moment, but then you, sounds like you jumped into, you know, the course of being able to, is it Spirit Rock? Spirit Rock is the yeah. is the um, center that I, uh -huh. I went to. The mindfulness teaching course mm -hmm. that I took is actually through a group called Mindfulness Exercises. Okay. They're at a place called mindfulnessexercises.com and they offer a a teaching certificate that is self-paced, which I needed. You know, you can do it um, when you have time to do it. The one thing they'll tell you, the one thing that anybody who gets a lot out of mindfulness will tell you is um, don't try and do it in too much of a, you know, fits and spurts. Just try and do a little every day. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be eight minutes, as I said. There's, there's, you know how scientists are. They're like, okay, is six minutes not enough? Is 10 minutes, mm -hmm. you know, 
what's the minimum? So somebody figured out that eight minutes was kind of the minimum. <laughs> so after eight minutes of, of just sitting and being mindful, you will get some benefit. 20 minutes is, is good, but you could do two groups of 10. It doesn't matter as long as you, you're doing it kind of consistently. It's sometimes easy to just set the alarm for 20 minutes earlier, but you don't even have to get out of bed. All right, just, okay, I'm awake. I'm going to focus on compassion or a body scan or, um, you know, there's a good one about try and isolate a sound that's middle distance. You know, can you hear a bird in the middle distance? Okay, now try and go further. Can you hear a far sound or a close one? And after 20 minutes of just focusing on just separate individual sounds, um, you get that same effect. You're like, wow, I'm, I let my brain do something, but it was just one thing instead of dozens of things. I like the analogy that we're born and imagine if the government assigned us somebody that just followed us around all the time and never stopped talking, 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 talking about what's happened, talking about what might happen, almost never talking about what actually is happening. That's our brain. It never stops. And so if we can give it a chance to at least slow down, to be, to be quieter, if not completely quiet, it's good for the brain and it's good for us. Yeah, I love that. Another question I have is, so you had the class and then you've been using it ever since. So for anybody who like hasn't done mindfulness or wants to learn more, mm -hmm. are there any like tools or books that you would recommend or, sorry, yeah, or apps too? Fortunately, there are thousands of them. Um, fortunately, thousands of books, thousands of apps. Um, mindfulness exercises.com gives a lot away. There are, there's a, there's a 20 day challenge where you listen to a different uh, guided meditation every day for 20 days. And at the end of 20 days, you know, you, you feel like you, you've got some momentum going. There's a 99 day version. All right. Um, again, if, if the scientific evidence is that, um, 20 minutes a day for eight weeks, will give you verifiable benefits. They were using it for all sorts of things. People with PTSD were put through an eight week course and that's the word I'm looking for, but different groups were also put through different um, relaxation or, mm -hmm. or, or calming techniques, not mindfulness. And the mindfulness proved much more effective over eight weeks. Um, and especially compared to people that hadn't done anything. So yeah, eight weeks, so it's two months. It's January, it's mid-Jan. If by mid-March, you know, you should, you've been doing it every day for 20, to, 20 minutes a day, just sitting or, or using these, as, as you said, using these, um, apps or websites, um, there's one called calm. Uh, it's, it's a good app, but I, I would just do some research and, and, um, pick ones that, that resonate with you. Some of them charge, many of them are free. Uh, there's, there's a lot that you can, can get to that way. Um, and there's a lot of books. I, I haven't 
and haven't found one in particular that I would recommend. Books are funny. You, do you know what percentage of books actually get read all the way through from beginning to end? I think no. it's like 3%. I think it's tiny, you know. Oh, wow. 97% of books, people will start and just never finish. And then, you know, and that's okay. Again, no judgment, right? Um, but, you know, so you could start a book and, and if it works, great. And, and if it doesn't, that's okay too. And um, mindfulnessexercises.com is, is a good resource. Source. They offer plenty of stuff for free. Then they have... Um, you know, a beginner's class and an intermediate class all the way through to a, um, an instructor's class if you want one. So um, if, if you can find a mindfulness center near you, they're always very welcoming. Um, sometimes they, they'll ask for a donation. Usually it's just whatever you can afford to do. So, you know, if a yoga class costs you $20, you know, maybe you give them $10 for the, for the mindfulness session. Yeah, it's it's uh, there are a lot of resources out there, and I I, um, I don't have any special favorites other than the the one the course that I I chose myself after doing my research. Yay! I love that. I'm excited to share those resources. One of the ones we promote a lot is one of my favorites is Headspace. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Similar how you were saying they about thoughts going by. Their analogy is um, your thoughts are cars. And uh -huh. you're just watching a freeway. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I like that too. Yeah. Can I throw in another one? Sure. Um, did you ever little make, make little paper boats that you could like float and, and just blow and they would... They would... Uh, I know what you're out. talking about. I haven't yeah. made them. I think my right. nephew makes them though. <laughs> right. or, or just take a little a little toy boat and just put it on a, on a lake somewhere and just like let it go. Just push it out there and let the wind take it and... And, you know, so there's that thought, there's that distraction, off it goes. Um, uh, the the cars on a freeway thing is probably more apt, though, when we think about the number of thoughts that are usually. <laughs> 70,000 a day, I think, is the average. Wow. Yeah. Who counted <laughs> that up? It was like yeah. one, two, How do you three. even start? <laughs> yeah. That is one thought, a question. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of talked earlier about you using self-awareness when you were traveling or sorry, moving to different countries. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious to see your opinion of how self-awareness and mindfulness work together and the benefit of that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not magic and it's, it's, it's probably not even that surprising, but yeah, if you can, recognize in yourself um, traits, um, positive or negative, and, and again, you shouldn't even necessarily judge them in terms of positive or negative, just notice them. I do get distracted easily. I do get upset easily. I do, you know, the, the, the ones that, that I guess we consider negative probably come to mind quicker. But you also notice, oh, um, th that's somebody I just met on the ship and, and all I had to do was ask them about their day mm -hmm. and I could tell they felt better. So, you know, um, learning to, to trust that, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Oh, they'll get upset. They won't want to be asked how their day is. Um, that's not so bad. 
I mean, there's probably something else going on in their life. If if the worst that can happen is is that, then that it's not so bad. So I should mm-hmm. I should just do this. I should I should just walk around the ship and say hi to people or walk around London, even though I've got an Australian accent and they're kind of mm-hmm. um, they're a little biased against the colonies uh, in England. But you know, what's the worst that could happen? They they judge me and um, later find out. I might not be what they thought I was. That, that's fine, you know. So, yeah, using be, becoming more aware of your positives and and you know if if a lack of self consciousness um, helps, mm-hmm. then I should I should go with that, you know. Um, it, it, being aware that it's disarming to people when I just walk up and say hi. Mm-hmm. Okay, so be be compassionate that they may not wish to be disarmed, but also just go just go with that. Just okay, that's a part of me that seems to make me feel good and other people feel good. I'm going with that. Is there another part of me that doesn't? Of course, lots of them, and you know, they're going to be much more um, time consuming to address. Yeah, you know. If, <laughs> Yeah, if I get if I get upset, if I get stressed, if I get depressed, all these things will take a lot more time to work on, obviously. But we got time, you know. And and twenty minutes a day can be a, a space safe from, you know, or, or less depression, less stress, you know, um, less anger. Uh, just for twenty minutes. So, and and is that cumulative? scientifically proven yes if you do it 20 minutes every day day after day it will have a greater and greater effect over time so yeah um applying that to to your self-awareness journey and and just to okay uh, awareness is the starting point isn't it okay i'm aware (laughs) of that now um do i want to change it do i think i can change it can it be changed yeah you know I think we've all met older people, grandparents or whatever that they don't worry anymore. They just say what's on their mind and and uh they just, you know, spent spent a long time, spent their lives maybe pretending to be one thing and they just I'm not pretending anymore. I'm I'm just just going to say what I think. Unfortunately, it can be um at the expense of some other people's emotions. But again, you know, if if we can just accept them for who they are, if we can if we can acknowledge that they may have a strength that we are we're yet to get to, then um, you know, no right or wrong, just okay. That's that's how things are for them. That's how things are when I am with them. Got it. That's mm-hmm. that's okay. Everything everything just is, and we're all part of it. Yeah, I love that. I love how you use, um, I love the questions that you brought up. Those are really good examples. And the way you phrase them in the point of, uh, when we, when I think about self-awareness, I think of uh, checking in with myself, but you're also talking about checking in with the overall situation and the people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also helpful to relate it back to um, how you can process that situation or that motion or thought and put it in a place where like a lot of people mention this also 
of not taking things personally. Mm-hmm. And I think those tools and questions are really helpful um, to start starting that pattern of thinking that way. If anybody doesn't already have the capability of thinking of um, the way treat you isn't about you necessarily. So exactly. um, it's almost never about you. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any of the, any, any person that you met on the boat that was upset that you asked them, it's not about you. You know, there's other stuff, so much other stuff going on in their lives that they're probably not necessarily confronting or aware of. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, walking around England, which is quite conservative and they don't necessarily, you know, it's not proper to just walk up and say hello to somebody. I'm doing it anyway. Some of them are getting upset about that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. that's because they've had decades of um, that that attitude being ingrained in them. That's yeah. what their, that's what all their friends, their parents, their, their relatives, that's how they all acted. That's how we, that's how one acts, isn't it? Uh, clearly not in Australia, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is how they act in England. So yeah, I guess, yeah. And, and you need to respect that too. It's, it, again, it's not right or wrong. That's, that's their way. Uh, I think we've all heard about and learned about, you know, culture clashes, um, colonialism, you know, countries from Europe believing that they were superior and, and taking over other countries and, and just deciding that that's for the benefit of the, the local people, they'll, they'll thank us one day. I don't know. Um, that's a whole other kettle of worms, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, everybody thinks about things a little differently. I think back to my time in Russia, the, the, the things that were important and, and weren't important were very different for them, but they're Russia's huge. It's, it's spread across 11 different time zones and it's backed wow. up against the Arctic circle. Um, I, I wondered why anyone, why, why any, you know, founding tribes decided, Oh, this is great. Let's live here. You know, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I I did some research on that. It's surrounded by woods, so it was hard for the marauding hordes of Mongols who were all right on horses. It's hard to ride, you know, through a through a forest. Mm. So okay, they they and there's three rivers, so they get lots of um, input from the water, and and also they 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 just use the wood to build cities. They built a city the size of London, all out of wood. It would burn down pretty regularly. And they just build another one. Um, they really value family. It was if families were very important. They would they had datches, which is like their country house, but it's, it's you know it's like it's usually just like a shack or something. But they mm-hmm. would drive for hours through these woods out into the middle of nowhere, and then build six or seven datches all in one you know all clustered together, and and the kitchen doors were all backing onto each other, and there would be this sort of dust bowl where the kids and the dogs and everybody would play, even though there was like greenery and, and um, all around them, that, that was, that was what was important for them. So yeah, they travel for a long way through the forest to get somewhere very remote. And then they all live very close together. They all build their datches close together. They, they, even though they're supposedly looking for an escape to get away, they want to get away as a community, as a, as a, because community is very important when winters are 10 months long. So, you know, the two months of summer, when they go out to their dacha, they, 
they want to retain that. It was, it was interesting. It, it wasn't how I would have done it. Um, but there's no right or wrong there either. Right. It's just, uh, it's just their way of doing things. Okay. Thank you for sharing that story. If somebody were to start their mental health journey today, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Well, as it relates to mindfulness, I would definitely take advantage of some of those resources that we talked about, some of the online websites and apps that give you a guided meditation. So all you have to do is sit and listen. Right? You just find a comfortable seat. One of the nicest things is, is realizing there's a, there's a seat somewhere in my apartment or my house or, you know, it, it can be outside. That doesn't matter there's a seat somewhere that I, I like that I want to be in. That's my space. All right. So find that. Oh, it can move around. There's no, there's no right or wrong there at all. No judgment. But if you find that seat and you're like, yeah, I, I like sitting here and I can give 20 minutes today and every day, it might be first thing in the morning. It might be before I go to bed, you can just lie on your bed for 20 minutes before you try to go to sleep and, and just do it there. But just, yeah, just listen to a guided meditation, a 20 minute meditation. There are plenty of them out there. But again, um, mindfulnessexercises.com. There are dozens. You just pick one that's about 20 minutes long and you just sit and listen. They'll, they'll, they'll guide you through how to focus on your breathing and then they'll guide you through self-compassion or a, um, a body scan or any any number of different ways to bring that mindfulness to that attention to the moment that you are in to, to this moment right now for example or this moment or this moment and and it'll become easier and easier for you it'll become second nature and you will after eight weeks of that you will notice benefits. You will feel a difference. Some, some people notice it after the first one. If you don't, no judgment. You know, give it, just give it time. Here's the wonderful thing. It, it can't do any harm, all right? It's not like you're, you're taking a medication that might have side effects. There's no side effects, mm -hmm. no, no negative side effects. All, all you're doing is sitting for 20 minutes. I know it can feel frustrating to, to have to do it, don't feel like you have to, you just, just do it. Just uh, allow that 20 minutes of um, mindfulness. And, and, and it's not self-indulgent, by the way. It, it, it can have such a positive effect on your whole community, on your family, on, on everybody else as well. So don't think of it as I'm being selfish if I just take 20 minutes for myself every day. Doesn't that sound crazy? Even as you, as you say it out loud, I'm taking 20 minutes for myself. That's so selfish. No, it's not. And, and don't judge yourself in that and just, just find that 20 minutes every day for eight weeks and then reach out to Alicia and, and tell her how you noticed, <laughs> what you noticed, you know, what happened. Yay. Thank you yeah. so much for being on the show today and sharing your journey. Uh, I think so many people are going to be inspired by the path of where you've lived, but also obviously your mindfulness journey and the path that you took and being able to share this information to people who do not know that much about mindfulness. So I appreciate your time. Uh, for anybody who wants to maybe reach out and ask you questions or connect, is there any way that we can connect with you? 
Yeah, um, dmcgrain.com, D-M-C-G-R-A-N-E.com is my website. It, I don't spend a lot of time on it, so it'll seem a little outdated. Um, but there's this, my email address is on there. You can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I think I sent you my Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, you can just a QR code for that. You can reach out any number of ways. I'd definitely be curious to, to hear from anybody that had a question or a comment or um, a story to share. Yay, that'll be awesome. So again, thank you for your time. And everybody, we're going to wrap it up. So have a great day. Bye. Bye now. <laughs>